0: Amen, amen. Psalms 24, Psalms 30, Luke 7. When you have it, stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Psalms 24. Amen. We want to begin reading at the sixth verse. Down to the 10th verse. Amen. All right. That okay? Psalm 24 from the 6th to the 10th verse on 3. Let us read together. 3. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors Amen, amen, amen. Psalms 30, verse 5. Amen, if we dare say amen. amen. Let's read this together on 3. 3, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Amen. God is good. Luke 7, verse 11. Luke 7, verse 11. Now read this. Luke 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man. Um, somebody say, a dead man. a dead man. Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. And he came and touched the briar and they that bare him stood still. In other words, he touched the procession, the, the, the coffin going through. It was like a gurney that they used to carry the people out to their tombs. And he came and touched the briar, and they that bare him stood still. listen to this, and he said, "Young man, I say unto thee, arise. didn't they say it was a dead man? All right, all right and he that and he that was dead ah. Now, see, that doesn't preach for itself. He that was dead sat up and began to speak. Good God. And he delivered him to his mother. So I gathered that he sat up, he spoke, then he walked. Okay. Amen. And there came fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God has visited His people. you may be seated. Thank God for the word. Amen, Thank God for the word. Amen. Our subject for today is the mind of Christ. the mind of Christ. We need to have the mind of Christ. in all that we have to deal with and all that we go through, Amen. In, in our dilemmas, know that you are a Christian, you are a believer. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that he's been crucified for you, that he died to give you life, that he brought you out of darkness into light, then you are a Christian. You have the mind of Christ. What the devil doesn't want you to know is what that mind does. He wants you to believe that you make your own decisions and that you do your own thing. But when you have the mind of Christ, you have a mind that cannot be defeated. A mind that is unlimited, not by your sovereignty, but by your faith In God, who is sovereign. Amen? Amen. For I've tried to tell you many times, I hear many people speak about it, and they say, have the faith of God. Well, understand what they mean when they say have the faith of God. It means to speak in the authority of God. God doesn't need faith because God is sovereign. He's majesty. So when God speaks, things move not because he has faith, because he's sovereign. And everything obeys him. And when he speaks, everything that he speaks about has got to be done. Amen? Amen. Oh, somebody say it with me. My God is sovereign. My God is sovereign. Say it again. My God, is My God is sovereign. We are the ones for which faith was created for. Amen. Faith was created for us. For, listen, for without faith, it is impossible To please God. God doesn't need to please himself. He has no need for faith. You and I, we need faith. We need, that's why we need to walk in faith. Talk in faith. Think in faith. Amen? Have thoughts that have to do with having faith in God. The mind of Christ. Your thought for today. What has God revealed to me about me again what has God revealed to me about me see because a lot of us have that mindset that God has revealed a lot to me about brother Nico God has told me some things about sister Golda I even got some things on Brother Nate that the Lord told me. What has God revealed to you about you? See, in the storm, God revealed some things to me about me after sitting six days without light. Coming into a neighborhood that was so black I couldn't see my hands. Having to stay there in the house with no heat. No light. Amen. I'm sure a lot of you got to hear a lot. Right, Sister Melissa? Right, Sister Rose? Jesus. The absence of light. Bothersome. Bothersome. Some of us should appreciate light now. Good God. Ain't, Ain't that right? We should really appreciate. Brother Kirk, don't you appreciate light? Good God, man! When they turned the lights on, I said, "God, I bless you." I said, "I thank you." Now, when I get up every like, morning, Lord, thank you for light, because I have experienced darkness, and darkness ain't no fun. When you go to the stove and try to cook, the stove is electric, and you can't do it. When you go to your modern-day conveniences and find out it's not there for you, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. Here you are going in the bathroom just flicking on lights because you depended on it. Light was your source in the house. It was supposed to work. Nobody ever told you. Mine didn't tell you there'd be days like these where you flick the switch and nothing happened or where you go to the microwave and the microwave ain't saying nothing. Amen. What has God revealed to me about me? Amen. I was about to lose it. I I said, my family, I I got up one night looking in the living room at my family. We all sleeping in one room together by the fireplace. The Lord blessed us with a generator. We got some kind of normalcy, but we were limited because it was only 3,500 watts. So we could put a heater, two or three lights, charge our phones, but that's it. We were limited. Thank thank you, Jesus. We're not limited in him. But in, in the world, we're limited. What did God reveal to me about me? Finally, your challenge. To strengthen what the enemy wants to weaken. Again, to strengthen what the enemy wants to weaken. For those of you single people, The enemy wants to weaken you in your flesh. Don't allow it. Don't let him do it to you. He wants to break you down, make you think that your flesh is the only thing. The only thing that's of great importance is your pleasure. The devil is a liar. Amen. It's living by the flesh that causes you to inherit things that you wouldn't want to. We have to obey the word of God. Ain't that right? Amen. For all you singles, be encouraged. Amen. Don't let the devil slip your mickey. Amen. He will do it to you right away. Be encouraged. Stay strong. Amen. Stand on the word of God. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. When you do it right before God, God honors you. He blesses you. He opens up the windows of heaven for you. Some of you may say, well, pastor, it's hard. Let me tell you something. You can do it because my Bible says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm here to let you know that you can stand. I don't care what the enemy is saying to you. You can stand. The question is not can you stand is do you want to stand? You can stand. God can keep you. God can keep your body. God can keep your mind. To, even to you young people. Amen. You teenagers, God can keep your mind. He can keep your body. Amen. Amen. Finally, the topic. Somebody say it with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, say it again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's morning. morning. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's morning. As I begin to read the word of God, and I begin to think about the things that God wanted me to say here today, one of the things that God was talking to me about, and he was talking to me about inferiority. And I, I talked to Tabernacle a little bit about this this morning. What is inferiority? How do I feel when I'm feeling inferior? Well, a lot of us may think of inferiority as it has to do with somebody else. Like one musician feeling inferior to another or one singer feeling inferior to another or one woman feeling that her beauty is not as good as another woman's beauty. Yes, that's one way to look at inferiority. But as the Lord began to speak to me and began to make me understand something, he wants me to tell you that a lot of us as Christians feel inferior to the works of the enemy. We feel inferior to his voice, which is why we give in to his temptation. Because we don't feel that we have the strength or that we're good enough to conquer what he's telling us. So the devil, knowing that inferiority was in us from the beginning, he plays with it. This is what he did to Eve. I want, I want to show you what he did to Eve. He came to Eve and said, has God said that thou should not eat of the trees in the garden? And Eve spoke to him and told him, God said that we may eat of the trees in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we shall not eat, neither shall we touch it. For in the day that we eat thereof, we shall surely die. Satan said, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, you will become as wise as God. So that began to make Eve feel, whether she realized it or not, inferior to God. As though God tried to hold something back from her that she needed. How many understand what I'm saying? How many understand? So this inferiority came into us while we weren't even born. It's in our genes. It's in our sin nature. So this is why at times we feel less than somebody else or we feel less than who we are because that inferiority begins to show. We feel that we're not good enough for ministry. We're not good enough to go to the pastor. We're not good enough to do this or that for God. And some of us don't even say anything about it, but we've been suffering in front of it for a long time. Inferiority. Call me, call me to sing, but not after Brother Lee. Yeah, let, me, let me play the organ, but not after Leon. That boy can play. That inferiority begins to come up. Why? It's surfacing. Why? Because it's always been there. And at different points at every one of our lives it will come up and show itself and a lot of times we don't see it for what it is but it's inferiority. And the enemy has kept it from us what it is because he knows that when we see it we will start to defeat it through Jesus Christ who lives inside of us. Because I come to let you know today You're not inferior to no one. You're not inferior to no thing. For God has made you in his likeness and in his image when you accepted Jesus Christ. So you can truly do all things. See, the day that the Lord came in, there were some doors that were shut there were some gates that were closed to him wherein he could not enter in because you were more into you than you were into him. Or say it with me, I got to be into God. Write it down if you got your paper. Say, I got to be into God. See, a lot of us are too much into us and not into God. That's why you spend hours in the mirror, but five minutes praying. I spend a whole lot of time pleasing and pleasuring yourself, but give God just a little bit. Because you get the majority of your time. And see what's happening is that in in many of our lives, there's an imbalance. Somebody say an imbalance. There's an imbalance in your life because your life is so full of you when you think, you think about you. When you have thoughts, you have thoughts about you. When you think about your children, you think about how much problems they're giving you. When you think about your wife, you think about how she doesn't treat you right. When you think about your husband, you think about how no good he is to you. Because we think about us a lot. We should sing that song, I was always on my mind. (laughs) Because the truth of the matter is, we think about ourselves too much. And we think about ourselves so much that we think more about us than on the word of God. And because of that, we honor us more than honor God. Then we wonder, why am I not delivered? Why am I not healed? Why am I not set free? And that's because you believe you got the power. Because if you didn't have the power, you would get you off your mind and think more on Jesus. Oh, see, when you begin to think too much about you, you need to stop and think about how he died. You need to stop and think about how he was ridiculed, how he was slapped, how he gave himself, even though he had and knew no sin. But he gave himself, himself for me and you. He gave his life. He sacrificed so that you can live, so that you can have this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus. So when you get that mind, you'll stop thinking about you. And when you start thinking about the greatness and goodness of God, the goodness of God and the greatness of God starts happening in your life. And then it's not about us. But it's about who? Jesus. So even in the darkness, I still got some light. Even when it's dark, it's morning. I don't let it bother me because I thank you, Lord, it's morning. Morning means I can see. Morning means it's a new day. It's not yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Stop wasting time waking up with yesterday on your mind. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. What the psalm writer said yesterday's gone, dear Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Amen? Amen? So, why am I gonna worry about yesterday? Today is a new day. What am I doing about today? All oh, say it with me, what am I doing about today? Amen. If you take your notes, write that down. What am I doing about today? You know what I started thinking about during the storm? I don't know what was on your mind, but what I started thinking about during the storm, I started thinking about how this much, how this much, how this much must bother the world because people that build their houses on sand, Didn't Jesus tell them not to build their house on sand? (laughs) For great would be the fall of it. Didn't he say you're supposed to build your house on a firm foundation, build it upon a rock? But see, when you build on sand, if the waves come and take it, there's nothing to complain about. I heard one man say it and it hit me, it pricked me really bad because he said, I lived here for 37 years but you put it on sand. So you had to know that if ever the water came and hit your house, you were going to lose it. That's why you paid the high insurance because you had to get flood damage because if the water ever came, the water was going to sweep your house out into the sea. So we always build on a firm foundation so I started thinking about it how much people lost how much people have put to protect themselves from storms but you know what it took them six years to build the twin towers and less than three hours for them to fall it takes more time to build than it does to tear down. Somebody, now, somebody don't want to, you don't want to think about this. Let me, it pays to stay strong in God because when you pay, stay strong in God, it's easier to stay strong than it is to get weak because once you start getting weak, you'll get weaker. It pays, oh, say it with me, it pays to stay strong. Say it again, it pays to stay strong. Stay strong in God. Don't let nothing make you weak. Don't build on an unsure foundation. You've got to build on good, on solid rock. People lost their homes, lost everything they owned. Water everywhere. The project where I grew up, underwater. water the parking lot where my father used to park his car, cars moving and shifting by the water. And it let it let the world know that although God said he would never destroy the world by water, it did not say that God didn't remind, couldn't remind you that he could. <laughs> Destruction comes and it all happens, and when it happens, thank the Lord. Because God always protects his people. God always keeps those who belong to him. And let me tell you who was hurt most by the storm. Not the poor. The rich. Because they got their beach houses. They took their houses away from us but now they suffered the greatest hit. And those of us who's going to work every day, trying to make something, just getting money to to help us out. But we live further from the shore, but we got our stuff. Ah, I still got my, it may not be glamorous, it may not be a matching, but it's mine. And when I go home, I go home to it. Amen, it was such a blessing. Nico's lights came on Friday. Rose lights came on Saturday. My lights came on Sunday. Blessings, blessings. Light just started coming for different ones. Somebody else got their lights on Monday. Call, I text Brother Kirk. Brother Kirk said, I'm going home. My lights is on. (laughs) Amen. People lost, listen, listen. We had had a member in here, lost their car, but it's all right. God's going to give you a better one. God's going to give you a better one. Don't worry about what you lost. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them from them all. God's got a greater blessing for you. You haven't lost anything that was a worldly possession. Thank God for your life. Thank the Lord, it's morning. Thank the Lord, it's morning. God's kept me through the night, and now it's morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I got my life, health, and strength. My family is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. Yeah. I lost my job. It is well. My company hasn't opened yet. It is well. Mm. My life was, is not wrapped up in this world. Don't you remember what Jesus says? He that saves his life will lose it. And he that loses his life will what? Save it. So when you lose Give God praise. When you lose, bless him. Because God's going to add on more to what you... Didn't you read Job? Have you read Job yet? The devil took everything from him. The devil brought all kind of storm. He brought fire. He brought wind and brought the house down on all his children. Killed all he had. But when the dust settled... When everything was said and done and Job began to speak to God from his bed and Job was sick and God healed him, all that the devil attempted to do failed for he never cursed God. He never turned his back on God. He kept going forward in God. So I've to let you know, no matter what you see happen on this earth, no matter how it affects you Thank the Lord, is morning. Why? Not because I see the sun, is morning because the sun lives in me. The son of the living God, the one who gave his life for me and shed his blood. The sun is in me, not in the sky. See, because that sun, the son of God, he's going to light the city that we dwell in. We won't have a need of a son. Because God is the light. Didn't you hear when he came to Paul the light was so bright it blinded him? Oh, tell somebody my Jesus is the light of the world. Tell them again, my Jesus is the light of the world. So just like Psalm 24 many of us had our gates closed. We had Our doors closed to God. We didn't let him in. See, because also inferiority causes you to be secret. See, because I don't want no one to know I feel inferior. Oh, can I talk? Can the Holy Ghost use me this morning? Because, listen, it's those secret things that we don't want to tell anybody. I I know what I'm feeling, but I'm not going to, we won't, some of us won't even tell our spouse. I can't tell my spouse with my inferiority. I can't tell him how I feel on the inside, like I'm less than when God made me more than. Oh, somebody better hear it. Why am I feeling less than when God has made me more than? I am more than a conqueror, so I should not be feeling less because that's what inferiority says. I'm less than others. I am less than my problem. I am less than my situation. I am less than my circumstance because all these things overpower me. Why? Because I feel I don't have enough to deal with it, and you don't. But that's why you came to Christ. That's why you got to cast all your care upon him. Why? He careth for you. He wants you to bring you to him. Lie yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice. Give your life so that he can make you the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So that he can let you know that God, he did not create you to be inferior. He created you to be more than and that you are superior to your problems you are superior to your situations you are superior over your listen here in Christ through the Holy Spirit you are superior over your flesh You Listen, you are superior over your emotions and feelings. Your flesh don't want you to know that, but you have more power than your emotions. Yes, your emotions are powerful, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And because the great one is in me, I'm greater than my feelings. I'm greater than my emotions. I'm greater than my problems, because not of me, because God, the great One, lives inside me, I can defeat all that comes against me. So I am not uglier than the one next to me. I am not less than somebody else. I am more than say it with me, I'm more than. Amen. Don't worry about that. The brothers got that. I am more than, say it with me, I am more more. than enough. Not because of me, but because of Christ. That's inside me. Come on and give God a hand, praise. Come on and give God a hand, praise. Listen, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. In other words, God needs you to open up your mind. He needs you to open up your heart and let him in. Because, see, some of us open up certain doors to God. Come on now, tell the truth. Can we tell the truth here? Can we stop assassinating truth? Some of us don't open certain doors to God we let him in certain areas. And the other areas where we don't let him in that we keep secret and not even my sister knows, is those areas that Christ wants to enter. Those areas where, where you feel small, where you feel insignificant, because see, that's what inferiority says. I'm insignificant. I'm not enough. I need to be more than what I am. So what do you do? Most people that feel inferior and insignificant, you chase for things to give you significance. You chase for things that make you feel a part or make you feel better. But it's not about you feeling better. It's about you getting in Christ and recognizing that he is greater than you are. And when you trust in him, his greatness comes out of you. Because that's what we look for, right? Or oh, say it with me, I want the greatness of God to come out of me. I want the greatness of God oh, say it again, I want the greatness of God to come out of me. See, Jesus wants to enter our city. Somebody said, Pastor, what city? See, this is what the world won't let him do. The world won't let him enter their program. So that's why the world took prayer out of school. That's why the world don't want to he- hear about God's word they took the 10 commandments out of the courts they're doing everything they can to take God's word from wherever it is listen they even sent out an email that my wife got it this morning that they're trying to get certain preachers on tv off tv and most of them preachers are the preachers that preach Jesus the world don't want to hear about Jesus but the world needs Jesus And even after a storm, you still there, there, do not want Jesus? Did you not see the devastation? Did you not see what the earth is capable of doing? Will you still say no to Jesus? Yes, they will. But see, the Christian, oh, do I have some believers in here today? Do I have some believers in here today? Is there some that believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he is your everything? And if you believe that he is your everything, you need to hold on to him because the world is going through a change and there's a change going on. And let me tell you what that change is about. That change is about the ones who let Jesus in their city, the ones who lift up their head and the ones who opened up their gate and let God in. They are the ones that he's coming back for. But he's going to leave the world to work out his own problems without him. So now they're looking for a solution, but they've pushed away their only solution. All say with me, the world has pushed away the answer to their problem. I need you to understand, don't ever push away the answer. You need the answer. Say it with me. I need the answer and the answer is Jesus he is the answer to my problems see when Jesus wants to come in you don't ask questions you let him in God says I want to come into your secret place come on now come on now all of you right all of you right there should have said wow God wants to come into that place where you don't want him at. That room you've been keeping hiding from him because you know the skeletons in there. You don't want no one in that room. But I hear the word saying, lift up your heads. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. In other words, Christ wants to come in and he wants to dine with you and he wants to talk about your problem and let you know that there was never a problem because he took your problem to the cross and it was nailed at the cross and once it was nailed at the cross, your problem no longer exists. It's the devil who wants you to think that it's still there but the devil is a liar and his greatest, his greatest weapon is deception and he will deceive you if you let him. Say the devil is a liar. Say the devil is a liar. He wants you to think you're inferior. He wants you to think you can't do it when God says you can. Go. All God is waiting for is for you to open up the gates to let him come in and let him do his work and Stop hindering the work. Stop hindering the process. Let him in. Let him in. When I looked at it and I said, weeping may endure for a night. For a moment, he releases his anger. Now, some may disagree with me, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that that storm was sent for a purpose. It was sent as a wake-up call to the world, but not to the body of Christ. It was not to you as a believer, as a Christian, but it was sent to the world to let the world know just how weak and how frail they are and that in a moment their life can be changed. I want you to know that my life was changed in a moment forever by Jesus Christ. He sent the destruction for the world to see that without me, you are nothing. And in a moment, they lost everything. Closed down schools, shut down jobs, no trains, no buses, no cars, can't move around, can't go around. Didn't you see the hand of God? I can't move, I can't go anywhere. It was God letting the world to know something's about to happen. I'm about to see the shift in the earth and what's happening is that God is transferring the world from the world to his people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth belongs to my God. Therefore, the earth belongs to his children. The transfer is happening. The work is being done. He's letting the world know you can be a part of this if you come, but if you don't, I'm giving the world to a people who really own it because the earth is the Lord. It belongs to his children, not to the world. The devil thinks he has it, but the devil is so stupid because he deceives while he is deceived. So don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't be deceived. That storm was not for us. That was for the world. We should have been sitting easy. We should have had peace, Brother Lee. We should have been at rest We should have said, just wait there, sit down children, the storm will be over in a little while. Let's sit here and sing songs unto God till the storm is over. For the storm is passing over. God is not bringing this storm for us. Praise the Lord. That's why you're here. That's why you're still here. That's why God has you alive. Because he said, you shall not die but live. You lost your worldly possessions, so what? You got breath in your body. You left your worldly possessions, so what? You lost it. You still got your life, health, and strength. It was not for us. It was for the world. It was a warning. Look, this is what can happen. Look how life can change quickly. How many times in the Bible does it tell us about destruction taking over things? Don't you know that a wealthy city in Revelations 18 was destroyed in one hour? Y'all think New York is on a solid ground? Don't you know they built New York on an island? They built their wealth on an island. And you wondering why the water hit it? You built it on an island. And you expect it to stand? No. God can bring it down anytime he wants to. Hmm. And stop everything in America. But listen here. And listen to this. God has something greater for you. That's why you need to thank God. It's morning. Not morning because I see the sun. Is morning because Christ lives inside me. Every time I get up, I need to thank God. It's, get out your mood. Forget about yesterday. Forget about what your wife or your husband said to you. Forget about the troubles of yesterday. It's morning. <laughs> Praise your Lord. Thank your Lord, that you woke me up to see another day. Lastly, before I finish, Jesus was coming by this funeral. He entered into the city. Now the funeral was going on. Now you read it for yourself. The man was dead. That's what the Bible said. The man was dead. He wasn't dead because it was his time. He was dead so that the people would see the glory of God so that they would see that not only does God have power over sickness, not only does God have power to heal the blind, but he has the power to raise the dead, that there's no issue, that there's no problem, that he can't solve, that there's nothing too hard for my God. Is there anything too hard for God? You heard them say it. The man was dead. But Jesus did not see him first. He saw his mother and realized what happened, realized the grief she was going through. Her only son, and she was a widow. But Jesus had compassion on her, not on the dead, on her. And listen, and for her, he stopped the funeral. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Stopped them from carrying him to the grave stop them from taking him to his final resting place and he let them know stop I want to see him but he didn't just want to see him he wanted them to see his power and while they stopped and he touched the coffin so he did That's all you need is one touch say with me all I needed to touch A touch from the Lord. Say it with me. All I need is a word and a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord was, young man, I say unto thee, arise. In other words, get up. It's your time. You were not meant to die for now. The resurrection is here to wake you up. So as I'm calling you, He called into the darkness. He passed this life and went into the eternal world and pulled out what was dead, put his spirit back in him, and gave him life. And he got up. Not on the doctor's accord, not on medicine. He got up because he got a word from God. I come to let you know that your problem only needs a word. That your situation only needs a word. You don't need money. You need a word. You don't need a better job. You need a word. You need a word from the Lord. And when you get that word, speak that word on your problem. Come on and stand with me. 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 Speak that word to what's dead. It's morning. Thank you, Lord. It's morning. I'm speaking to what in my life is dead. And I'm telling it get up. He sat up, he spoke. Then he walked with Jesus and Jesus gave the prize to who he wanted to. And gave back to his mother what she thought she lost. I I, I feel the spirit of restoration here today. There's a strong need and pull for restoration here today. See, because during the storm, God spoke a lot to you about you. What's going on in your life that he doesn't appreciate, that he wants you to change? What is the thinking that you've been having that he's been telling you for a long time, you got to get out of that? Are you still in the past, wallowing in the past? Are you still bringing up the dirt from the bottom of the water? You should have been done with that a long time ago. See, if you stop fishing, your stuff will stop coming up. God threw your stuff in the sea of forgetfulness so that you would not go back there to get it. Why are you fishing? Recognize that it's morning and know that God wants to heal you of your inferiority because you are not inferior to Satan. It's the opposite. He's inferior to you. And as long as he can keep you thinking he's greater than you, he will be. Come on, raise your hands with me. Raise your hands with me. I'm asking you to raise your hands with me because this is not just a certain one problem. This is every Christian's problem. And if you don't know where your inferiority is, believe me, it will surface. It will come up very easily, and you will see it. It may be in your insecurity. You may see it when somebody offends you. You may see it when something is said to you that you don't appreciate, it's there. You've been walking in it too long, and God said, now it's time to be free from it. It's time to rise up, speak, and walk. Rise up, speak, and walk right now. Lift your hands, let us begin to worship. Let us begin to worship. Just for two minutes, can we worship? Come on, you done praised him, you done danced. Now God wants your worship. He wants you to worship him now. Worship him now. Worship him. He's going to heal you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you peace in your mind, joy in your soul, and love in your heart. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. He wants you, he wants you to be superior, not imper- not inferior. Be superior. Be great in him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Your problem is not greater than you. Your circumstance or your situation is not greater than you. You are greater than it. You are greater. Not because of you, but because of who's in you. The great one. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, I feel your power. I feel your anointing. I feel your presence. God, I've been exposed. I'm exposed this morning. I know exactly where the problem is. Lord, I cast my care upon you for you careth for me. I give you everything I am so that you can make me what you are so that I can be new in you. I don't want to be this way anymore. I surrender. I surrender. My weeping was last night, but God, I declare it's my morning. And Lord, I thank you that is morning I thank you that light has come into my soul and has flooded my soul I thank you for it now I thank you for the darkness has been dispelled I thank you now I thank you I thank you I thank you I thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord I need some grateful folks to keep saying thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, keep saying thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. The storm came, but I'm not dead. Thank you, Lord.